Blog Talk Radio.
Pastor Sabrina, Brother Bill is here, Brother Marshall is here, and all of you are here. Amen? And we've come together in the name of the Lord. And a special welcome to all of our first-time listeners. We are a Christian Protestant Internet church. Amen. And we meet on the Internet. Every Wednesday and every Friday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time in the United States of America and whatever time that is, wherever you are. Amen? We are an international ministry. We are in over 100 countries outside of the United States of America. So whatever time zone you are in, we welcome you in the name of the Lord. And we bless you in Jesus' name. The Bible says that whenever two or three of us are gathered together, together in his name, he's in the midst. So we already have more than two or three. Praise the Lord. And so we know that the Lord is faithful to his word because he cannot lie. And he is here in our midst. Amen? Amen. And we are looking forward to hearing what he has to say to us tonight because every word that God has to say to us is important. It's essential for our everyday living. And we cannot go without the word of the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. We don't repeat messages here. We just give the present message that the Lord is releasing. Amen. Amen. So we have an archive which is on our webpage. Our webpage is www.miracleinternetchurch.com. That's miracleinternetchurch.com. The banner, you'll see archive sermon. So when uh, you ask the Holy Spirit, to take you into the archives, he will take you to the sermon he wants you to hear right then. That's right. That's part of being a part of this ministry. People that are in this ministry, that's what they do all the time. They ask the Holy Spirit to take them into the archives and take them to the message that he wants them to hear. If God wants you to hear the message, it's important. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. You might have forgotten something that the Lord said before, or it might be a message that you have never heard, but it's important. God thinks it's important, and you should think it's important too. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, saints, it's important to listen to God. It's important to invite the Holy Spirit into the activities of daily living. It's important to get God involved in your everyday 
little things that you think are mundane and routine. Well, why do I need to do that? Because you need to have 100% obedience. That's why. Amen? You need to have the Lord's input into your life regularly and consistently. Amen? That's how you stay on track. Praise the Lord. You see, people that want to please the Lord want his input. They desire his input. People that aren't so serious about uh, their walk in the Lord, why, they just do any old thing. And that's what their spiritual life looks like, any old thing. Amen? So we're not trying to be mediocre in our walk with the Lord. We're trying to have a spirit of excellence as we learn to walk with the Lord. Amen? So we're going to do everything that we can do to please the Lord. Amen? Amen. We're going to do everything that we can do to please the Lord. So I want to thank all of our first-time listeners. This might be shocking to you, but we don't play church here. We don't sugarcoat anything. We just tell the truth. And it's important for you to develop within yourself a love for the truth, not just a love for the truth in the word of God, a love for the truth, period, every aspect of life, so much so that you won't tell lies to yourself knowingly, so much so that you won't deceive yourself willingly, so much so that you require truth from yourself. Amen? That you will require truth from yourself. You will not allow yourself to accept any old excuse or any old alibi or any uh, partial reasoning for why things are the way they are. No, you'll take truth and you'll deal with it. You won't try to compromise, but you'll walk in truth. Not just facts, truth. Amen? Amen. So you can't require truth from other people until you require truth from yourself. Amen. God's going to give you truth all the time. But now you need to require truth from yourself. Truth from yourself will take you a long way. Amen? Lies and deception keep you going in circles. So, some of us, and maybe all of us, need to make a fresh commitment to the love of the truth. Sometimes the truth isn't so pleasant at first. But if we allow the truth to work in our lives, we come closer to what God has called us to be. 
the image of Jesus Christ. So we must learn to receive truth and allow truth to have its work in us. Some of us have been blinded to the truth because we were in sin, and sin will blind you. Some of us had hindrances. Whatever the cause, Jesus Christ is still the blind man healer. He heals blinded eyes, whether they're natural, physical eyes, or spiritual eyes. Amen? Amen. So we want to please the Lord, so we're going to learn to love truth. Amen? Truth will help you to mature. That's right. And it is the Father's desire for all of us to mature. That's right. As the body of Christ, he's calling us to maturity. And we will answer the call willingly. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. So we want to thank you, Lord, for everyone that's coming to join us and everyone that will have the opportunity to recast because your word is truth, and truth has a lot of power. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. So I want to remind you that we're still baptizing. This is still the season where we baptize during the warm weather. And to uh, contact Brother Bill in the chat room when we're live on the air, if you're interested, or you may email me at g p room at outlook dot com that's g p room at outlook dot com amen amen that's supposed to be a dot I hit the wrong thing it's g p room at outlook dot com brother bill will fix that for me in a minute thank you brother bill So um, I want you, thank you, so I want you to pay attention tonight because the Lord is speaking important truths that affect our everyday living. Some of us are doing what we know to be wrong. We're just sitting in our emotions. And whichever way our emotions roll, that's the way we're rolling. But, saints, that's not the will of God. Our emotions are supposed to be subject to our spirit man. Our emotions are supposed to be subject to our spirit man. Amen? Remember in the last fast, There were several things that we bound every day for four times a day, and we loose the word of God, the sword of the spirit, over those areas of our lives. We need to continue to do that. Amen? We need to continue to do that. If you find that your emotions are all out of whack, then you need to go to the Lord and ask what's going on. 
and you may need to go on a fast. Amen? You may need to go on a fast. Encourage you to remember to do those things. <clears throat> That's a practice that you need to continue because as you grow in it, you will become stronger. Amen? Amen. And remember not to allow your emotions to rule you. You've been given authority, dominion, and power over your emotions and over your thoughts. Amen? Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's go. Oh, I didn't finish giving the announcement. For those of you who are on a cell phone of any type, you may use your browser to find uh, MiracleInternetChurch.com. And when the page comes up, uh, across the banner, you'll see three white lines. That's your link. Click that, and it'll open up all the other links to you. If you'd like to join us in the MIC radio chat, where everyone is now, I encourage you uh, to click that link, and when the page changes, click Guest. When the page changes, Sign in using your name. Hit enter and then go to the bottom and say hello to everyone and everyone will say hello to you. Amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you all. Very simple to do, not hard at all. So we want to encourage you to join in with us. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we give you praise, glory, and honor for your work in our lives, Lord, your work in the world, your work with Christians, Christians everywhere, Christians that are being persecuted, Christians that are, uh, their lives are in danger, Lord. No matter where they are, no matter which nation or what place it is in the world, they're Christians there, Lord, and the enemy hates them. The enemy hates every Christian. And so, Lord, there are attempts to kill, to intimidate, to harass, to vex, to annoy, to snare and to work against every Christian everywhere. We ask you, Father, to send additional protection. By releasing your warring angels to those who need the protection, Father, in Jesus' name. We want to thank the Lord of hosts for doing so in the name of Jesus. We want to thank the Lord of hosts for doing so in the name of Jesus. We ask you, Father, to release as many angels as are necessary to deal with this situation and to bring it to a place 
that it is your will being done and not man's will being done. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor, Father. You know, Father, there are many kinds of abuse that happen in the world. There's abuse between individuals in arguments, in strife, in hostility. There are arguments that handle communities, community versus that community, the haves versus the have-nots. There are types of abuse from government to the people, government to the people. There are abuses with governments to individuals or specific groups. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask you to stand in the gap for us. We know that you are our protection, you are our refuge. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. We run into the name of Jesus Christ right now. We are safe from all who would attack us as we broadcast live in Jesus' name. We are safe from all who would attack us under any circumstances in Jesus' name. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. We trust you, Lord, with our lives. We trust you with our livelihoods. We trust you with our families, our friends, and our loved ones. We trust you with our world. And we take authority, dominion, and power over every act of the enemy in the name of Jesus to threaten the welfare or life or livelihood of any saint in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, release your fiery swords against them in Jesus' holy name. Release your fiery swords against them, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. We will not fear what man will attempt to do to us. We will not fear because we know that you stand for us. And since you are for us, who could be against us? We are the elect of God. And we raise the shield of faith to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Oh, 
Erro kohore sitera broka tere brisheti. Rede na brul de de sitera bruha tara braki de 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 ondoro pre. Rede na broche de semur roha ha kashate. Erro kitera brise tere de de atota. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth, his truth, his truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night nor for the error that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked, because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling, for he shall give his angels charge over thee, to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against the stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder, the young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under feet. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high, because he has known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for your promises to us. We thank you for the truth of your word surrounding us like a shield. We thank you, Lord, that no weapon formed against us shall be able to prosper, and every tongue that rises against us in judgment, we condemn in the name of Jesus Christ. We give you glory. We give you praise. We give you honor. Dear Lord, we're learning that some situations seem more difficult for us to handle than others. When we're with certain people, for example, we have a tendency to indulge ourselves in the flesh too much. When we allow ourselves to become emotionally and physically drained, we're also more likely to walk in the flesh and disobey you. We need your help with this, Father. We ask that you remind us before we're in this situation to put our armor on, 
to walk in the spirit, to obey you and trust you. Help us to avoid the social situation where we're more likely to do things that displease you. Teach us to care for ourselves by getting enough rest, eating a healthy diet, and by setting aside time to rest in your very presence, to rest in the spirit so that we don't come to the point where we're so weak and overwhelmed that we cannot resist the temptations of the evil one. Lord, if we should fall, allow us to learn from our mistakes rather than to wallow in disappointment and discouragement. We believe in you, Lord, Together, we can get through this and find a better way to live. We know that you're helping us. We believe that you are with us. If perchance we need human helpers too, Lord, assign those to us. Give us the courage to let others know that we have this problem and then ask for their help. Pastor encourages us to do this regularly. Help us to focus outward on others rather than just on our own situation. Give us the network in the spirit that we need, that we can depend on, so that we can learn new ways to live. We thank you, Father, for setting boundaries for us especially for those of us that find boundary setting to be difficult. So we ask, Father, for the wisdom to go this far and no farther. We ask for the wisdom to know which lines need to be drawn. Give us the knowledge, the wisdom, and the courage to set boundaries and then to stick with them in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, everybody. Let everybody praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know, God is so good. He knows what we have not had an opportunity to learn in life and that we still need to learn. Amen. And he's here to help us and to teach us. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, you're our shepherd and we will not want. You've supplied all of our needs according to your riches and glory, and we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We cast down all imaginations, all imaginations, every single imagination, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. We bring those imaginations and those thoughts and those beliefs and those wishes and those words and those desires subject to the obedience of Jesus Christ. That's what we do according to your word, Father. And we cast all of our cares on you 
because you care for us. We don't just read that, Lord. We actually take the time to do that. We want to thank you for that, teaching us that in our lives. Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen? We refuse to open the door to fear. We refuse to go back to our own ways. You've brought us forward, and there's no going back in the name of Jesus. There's no going back in Jesus' holy name. So, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, from our position seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, we bind Satan, the strong man, his evil angels, evil spirits, demonic agents, all of his underlings, timings, maneuvers, tactics, devices, plans, orders, and we cancel all demonic assignments and satanic agendas against the righteous. We take the territory from Satan in Jesus' name. We bind every form of godliness which denies the power of Jesus Christ. We come into agreement with the Father, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, and we come out of agreement with Satan, his agents, and his powers in Jesus' name. We close and seal all portals, channels, all open doors of access to the enemy. We pull down all demonic thrones. We bind the wicked principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, and all spiritual wickedness in high places. We release the all-consuming fire of God on every ley line, silver cord, and garland. We bind the demons and workers of darkness in the heavenlies, in the bush, and in the deep. We bind rape and murder to its strong man, and we dethrone them all, chaining them all in eternal chains and darkness, placing them in the custody of the Holy Spirit. We bind the sources of all witchcraft attacks, and we return the attacks onto the heads of the devils that bring them to cling to them for eternity. We bind all trafficking demons, reporters, watchers, listeners, peeps, whispers, familiar demons, all electronic, digital, and technology demons and their attacks, all Leviathan spirits, Kundalini spirits, water and marine spirits, sex devils, unclean spirits, passive devils, sorcery devils, pain-afflicting spirits, sleep deprivation spirits, artificial intelligence, smart dust, drone spirits, Sorcery devils, seducing, womanizing, whoredom spirits, and their attacks. We return their attacks to them now in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind the Havana syndrome, brain changes, injuries, all remote viewing, all sonic and audio weapons. We bind all the voices of the strangers. We bind all the voices of the strangers. Amen, and their attacks, and the voice of the charmer, and the voice of the seducer, in Jesus' name. In fact, all the voices that are not of Jesus Christ, we bind them now in the name of Jesus. We bind all hypnotic and trance devils, all targeted radio frequencies, pulse weapons, and their attacks, microwave attacks, debilitating sonic frequency attacks, the work of every druid, electromagnetic attacks, smart technology attacks, techno-paganism, and mind control by the occult. We bind pulse microwave radiation attacks designed to cause neurological problems, brain injuries, debilitating headaches, vertigo, and binding directed energy microwave weapons. We bind every weapon of the enemy 
that is targeted against us in Jesus' name. And we return the attacks from whence they came in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind all hypnotic and trance devils and their attacks, mystic rituals and their intents. We send it back from whence it came in the name of Jesus Christ. We overturn and empty all cauldrons and chalices upon the heads of the conjurers and the magicians in Jesus' name. We bind all microwave frequency weapons, 5G, everything coming off the cell towers, satellites, and out of our electronic and technological devices in Jesus' name. And we close all of those portals, wormholes, and stargates in the name of Jesus Christ. We forbid the enemy to attempt to get through them again. We thank you, Lord, for stationing your warring angels with their flaming swords there to meet any demon, any ill spirit, any entity that would try to cross from that realm to this in Jesus' name. We bind every order of magic and mystic art. We bind Buddhist, black magic, Santeria, Kabbalah, Egyptian, Chaldean, Hindu, Indian, African, European, Asian, Islander, North American, South American, Arctic, Antarctic, Isharukuta, indigenous groups. Tribal groups All cultural groups All groups that serve a demon entity We bind in the name of Jesus Christ We bind Latin American and Caribbean black and white magic in the name of Jesus Christ. Everywhere magic, voodoo, and hoodoo are practiced, we bind those practices in the name of Jesus. Even those wicked practices that are practiced under the sea. Amen. We bind every order of magic and mystic arts. We bind all Morgellons attacks, and we return every attack to the senders. We bind the culture of corruption worldwide. We bind all free-flying devils, all evil spirits which take animal forms, all shape-shifting spirits. We bind each demon responsible for the dominion of sin in our culture. We bind impulsivity, inattention, racing mind, and hyperactivity. We bind trance spirits in the name of Jesus. We break your grip and hold. We bind the prince of the power of the air, and we return his powers to Jesus Christ. We bind the power of the dog and every abomination that's been committed. We bind the Lord of the flies and his agents, and we place them under the feet of the Lord Jesus. We bind the Mandela effect and all satanic ritual abuse devils, satanic worship, and witchcraft dedications. We bind all formations of bullflies and demonic insects. We bind all spiders and their webs, trapping them in their own webs. We bind the transference of evil spirits of infirmity, spirits of supplanting, the gods of the people of the land, the gods of the groves, and every spirit that exalts science, logic, human reasoning, and demonic knowledge against the knowledge of God 
and makes man wise in his own eyes. We bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind mammon and his agents and all spirits sent forth to intimidate, harass, manipulate, lie against, mock, wear down, infect, destroy, spy, sabotage, hinder, monitor, track, besmirch, block, distract, confuse, pervert, stifle, curse, expose, stop, defile, assassinate, divide, confound, undermine, attack, reproach, despise, and reduce the effectiveness of the righteous in Christ Jesus. We return and loose these attacks to the senders according to the covenant. We bind the bondage of generations of fools, the spirit of the fool, and the fool's anger in Jesus' name. We bind the carnal mind. We return to sender according to the covenant all in every reprisal, retribution, counterattack, retaliation, all avenging, all blowbacks, all vengeance, every boomerang, each payback, and all requiting of our righteous warfare in Jesus' name. This includes every evil work, mark, rite, ritual, ceremony, sacrifice, proclamation, pronouncement, vow, root work, or sin against us. Astral projection, sending demons to us, and witches, warlocks, and wizards astral projecting to us and against all that pertains to us in Jesus' name. No demon, no wicked person or unrighteous event left behind in the name of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, when those wicked entities come to scan us, let them just see you. In Jesus' name. Let them just see you in the name of Jesus Christ. Let them see you standing there in all of your glory. We bind all vampire spirits, voodoo, hoodoo, ancient arts, mystic rituals, devils attending the New World Order, New Age Movement, a great reset, make believe, fantasy, la la land, false religions, numerology horoscopes, the spirits and works of the oppressors, the spirit and the children of disobedience, martial arts, yoga, transcendental meditation, antichrist ideologies and doctrines, Ahab and Jezebelic spirits and practices, lewdness, perversion, the outworking of vain deceit, death spirits, spirits of destruction, chaos and mayhem, oppression, depression, anarchy, premonition, clairvoyance, ESP, telepathy, psychokinesis, out-of-body experiences, Reincarnation, haunting, poltergeist, astral travel, psychic healing, demonic meditation, spirit guides, and defilement by wizards. We bind the king of pride and his entire kingdom in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind all human, demonic, blood, sexual, financial, animal, fecal, and soulish sacrifices in Jesus. And we return it to the sender in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind all devils attached to idols and idolatry. We bind every form of rebellion, idolatry, root work, mind control, apathy, nature worship, deception, scoffing, error, worldly indoctrination, military spirits, rioting, abuse, all trolls, all fear, all combative jealousy, fleshly ambition, the culture of corruption, weariness, betrayal, unfaithfulness, and temptations of sin in Jesus' name. We bind Belial, Beelzebub, Baal, Molech, Basilic, Python, Neptune, Zeus, Apollyon, Kali, Isis, Osiris, all gods and goddesses, Mammon, Atlas, Baphomet, and his 72. We bind you all in the name of Jesus Christ. And those that are under the influence of Baphomet, 
with the glittering sword of the Lord, we sever the connection in Jesus' name. We sever the connection in the name of Jesus. We undo the works of all demonic weapons, fireballs, poisons, voodoo pins and dolls, hot and cold spots, promptings, codes, triggers, charms, tumors, designs, and we return their affliction to the worker of witchcraft and their pagan sources. We break the power of every Masonic ritual, ceremony, rite, and proceeding in the name of Jesus Christ and the associated organizations. We bind the brotherhood, the lodge, the craft, and the grips in Jesus' name. We bind every spirit that was familiar to the Laodiceans. We bind the pride and foolishness and works of error of our own opinion. We return and loose all of the retaliations of the enemy upon his own head according to the scriptures. We bind all traditions and customs rooted in sin. We denounce and renounce them all and loose ourselves from them. We bind the gang stalkers and send their harassment, fear, and witchcraft and mind control back on their own heads in Jesus' name. We bind the spirit of slumber. We thank you, Father, that you have given us power over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm us. We rejoice with you that our names are written in heaven. We bind every spirit that denies the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ and his blood atonement on the cross of Calvary. Father, we ask for eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to believe, and minds to receive what the Spirit of God says to the church. We repent of an evil heart of unbelief in accord with Calvary. We ask you, Father, to teach us to guard our hearts with all diligence. We ask you, Father, to teach us to guard our hearts with all diligence. We have come to loose the bands of wickedness, undo heavy burdens, let the oppressed go free to break every yoke and chain, and to call for justice and plead for truth. Lord, develop in us a love for the truth. Lead us into truth. Your word is truth. Make us to know the truth, and your truth will make us free. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. Lord, we come to celebrate the scriptures with you and to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. We will not turn back from pursuing the enemy until the Godhead does. The Lord Jesus Christ is our commander-in-chief in whom we serve and obey. We want to thank you, Father. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem, for kings, for all who are in authority and all true Christians everywhere, especially all Christians that are being persecuted for any reason in Jesus' name and those that were left behind in Afghanistan. Though we walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive us. You will stretch forth your hand against the wrath of our enemies. Thank you for that, Lord, and your right hand shall save us. Amen. What a wonderful promise. We disconnect ourselves, Lord, from every demon spirit that has followed us, was sent to us, or transferred to us. We bind them in the name of Jesus and we command them to leave us now and never return. We thank you, Father. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. We praise your holy name. We bind up all the devils trying to come through our computer line, and we return them and any curses they attempted to bring right back to them in the name of Jesus. It's theirs forevermore. We cover ourselves, Lord, and our vehicles and our means of transportation with the blood of Jesus Christ. We take authority, dominion, and power over every entity of the road, 
so that our path is not crossed. We lift up any vehicular uh, dysfunction to you in the name of Jesus Christ, any uh, breakdowns in the name of Jesus. We thank you for your intervention, Lord, and even your prevention in the name of Jesus. We cover ourselves and our property with the blood of Jesus. We take authority over all the demons that want to lurk in the night. Amen. All nightmares, bad dreams, sex dreams, anyone or anything trying to get into our dreams. And we forbid them in our dreams in Jesus' name. We forbid them to attempt to come into our dreams in Jesus' name. And Father, we ask in the name of Jesus that you release your punishment against those that are attempting to violate that in Jesus' name. Release your punishment against those that are trying to infiltrate into our dreams in Jesus' holy name. Thank you for it, Lord. We ask that you protect us and our property, and we thank you for the fiery wall of protection around us. We thank you for the word of God. We thank you for the armor of God. We thank you for the blood of Jesus Christ. We thank you for your presence in our midst. We thank you for the wall of fire that surrounds us with your glory in the midst. We thank you for your warring, linking angels that are around us, Lord, your praising angels that are over us, and the ministering spirits that you send to us. We thank you, like I had in the post office the other day. Thank you for that, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. I needed that encouragement. Thank you so much, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. You're so good to us all the time. Thank you for releasing that blessing upon me at that moment, Father, in the name of Jesus. Thank you. I received it. Amen. We pull out all fiery darts, pins, needles, spears, voodoo. Yes, pull it out now. Literally. Pull it out now in the name of Jesus Christ. All witchcraft curses, and we send it back in the name of Jesus Christ. And some of you just think I'm saying words, but when I tell you to pull it out, I mean pull it out. You can feel it. Pull it out. Amen. In Jesus' name, praise the Lord. Amen. We cut and destroy all ungodly silver cords and ley lines, and sever from ourselves ungodly soul ties, attachments, covenants, agreements, oaths, consents, garlands, vows, pledges, pacts, leagues, and all of the form of agreement with the demonic realm. We break down and destroy walls of protection around our shamanists, globalists, nanotechnology, Satanists, wizards, warlocks, witches, and the like divinators and soothsayers in Jesus name. We break the power of all curses, hexes, vexes, love spells, charms, fetishes, psychic thoughts, psychic prayers, all witchcraft, voodoo, magic, sorcery, destruction, torment, pain, sickness, crystals, root works, hoodoo, chantings, ungodly blessings, jinxes, all mind control, tribal rituals and sins. We forbid them to attack our lives in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, for releasing your love to your people tonight. We receive it in the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said amen, amen, and amen. Praise the Lord. 
praise the Lord. Amen. Okay, praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So tonight, the Lord wants to talk to us about the ultimate strategy. The ultimate strategy. That's what we're going to talk about. The ultimate amen. Of all the powerful strategies that Jesus Christ used to defeat Satan, there was one great ultimate strategy that enabled him to win the ultimate victory over Satan. Amen? The ultimate victory over Satan. This strategy released the power of God in Jesus' life to destroy the works of the devil. This strategy released the power of God in Jesus' life to destroy the works of the devil. This strategy gave Jesus the victory in the midst of his greatest testing and trials in his earthly life. Perhaps you should partake of this strategy. This strategy broke the power of death while he was in the grave and resurrected him in power. This strategy enabled Jesus to defeat Satan and redeem men from sin. This strategy resulted in Jesus Christ being given an exalted position and a name that is above every name. Amen? So what is this ultimate strategy, Pastor? Well, let's visit Hebrews chapter 5, verse 8. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 8. Book of Hebrews chapter 5, verse 8. Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. Though he were a son, yet he learned learned he obedience by the things he You said Jesus had to, yes, Jesus had to suffer. Jesus had to learn because he had to partake of the human experience. In order to redeem us, he had to be a full partaker of the human experience. Yes, he did. You see, even though Jesus was God's son, He had to learn from experience what it was like to obey, especially when obeying meant suffering. 
when obeying meant that suffering was included. Amen. Jesus had to become victorious in that, and so do we. Jesus had to be victorious in that, and so do we. Amen? Amen. This same strategy, knowing and doing the will of God, will do the following. It will release the power of God in your life to take authority over all the power of the enemy. It will make you victorious in every circumstance, in every trial, in every testing that you will face. It will give you the ultimate victory over Satan. It will give you the ultimate reward of a glorified body and entrance into the kingdom of heaven. Without it, you won't make it. It's just that simple. Without it, you will not make it. It's just that simple. Unless you use this same strategy that Jesus Christ used of knowing and doing the will of God, Satan will continue to walk all over you. Your life will be filled with one failure after another, and you will be defeated. I would I would dare say that 90% of God's people today are still floundering all over the place. They're falling apart at the seams because either they don't know the will of God or they have not decided to implement the will of God. Let me say that again. I'm willing to say that 90% at least of God's people are floundering. Why? They're falling apart at the seams. Why? Because either they don't, (coughs) excuse me, know the will of God or they're not willing to implement the will of God. They allow themselves to be confused, even though they know that God is not the author of confusion. They don't seem to know the difference between following their own will, something they've done just about all of their lives, and following after God's will, two completely different things. They don't seem to understand the difference between following their own wills, their own minds, their own emotions, their own ideas, as opposed to following after God's will. They are walking in spiritual ignorance. 
In James chapter 4, verse 17, James chapter 4, verse 17, James chapter 4, verse 17, therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. When you know what the word of God says and you fail to do what the word of God says, to you it is sin. You know that the word of God says in many places, fear not. But you're not submitting yourself to the word of God, resisting that fear, and commanding it to flee from you. Instead, you're like um, wallowing in your emotions. You're allowing your emotions to reign, and they have no right to reign. You're allowing them to have the upper hand. They have no right to the upper hand in your life. Whatever emotion happens to be there at the moment, you're allowing it to swing you from one end to the next end and back and forth again. And you go from fear to worry to anxiety, to this and that, and all kinds of stuff, sorrow and depression and, oh, I don't know who I am or what I'm doing. You're just all over the place. And at no point do you get a hold of yourself and say, stop this in Jesus' name. Satan, this is just you, and I know it is. And from my position seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, I take authority over your tactics right now in Jesus' name. Every thought that you've given me, I bind it in the name of Jesus. I command you to come subject to the name of Jesus Christ. You don't do that. You just sit there and let your emotions, oh, I'm not sure I can make it, and I'm not sure how this is going to happen, and I'm not sure, and I'm not seriously. The word of God has not changed. It would be nice if we all chose to believe the word of God to the point that when such situations come to tempt us and try us, that we cling to the word and we use the word as a weapon of warfare instead of succumbing to our usual whine, complain, moan, groan, and pity party. Amen. Satan has been having a heyday. As a result of not knowing God's will or not implementing God's will, many Christians have become vulnerable. You're presented with a situation. And so, oh, your heart is going out here and there. And we've taught you, then check. 
We've taught you to use Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 7. Put yourself in check. Come subject to the Holy Spirit. Whatever you're going through, ask the Holy Spirit to vet it. But no, you go charging off after your emotion. Unbridled, undisciplined. And then you wander right into sin. Think you're doing something great and fantastic. You know, saints, when you've been taught the word, you're expected to live the word. Amen? When you've been taught the word, you're expected to live the word. When these Christians, the enemy, they are afraid. Why? Why are you afraid? Why are you afraid? The very power of God is resident within your physical body. Why are you afraid? Because your focus is not on the God who made you. Your focus isn't on him or his power within you. Your focus is on your flesh and the enemy. They get uptight. They waver. They don't know what to do. They make some of the most ridiculous decisions that they have ever made in their lives. They lean on the arm of flesh, self, in spite of the truth that they have been taught from the word of God. As a result of not knowing God's will or failing to implement the truth that they have been taught, many Christians are not living their lives according to God's will. They are walking in rebellion. Amen? Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. Hosea, Old Testament, chapter 4, verse 6. My people, God says, are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Well, why do they have a lack of knowledge? They serve an all-knowing God. Because thou hast reject knowledge, I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no more, no priest to me, seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God. Well, that's unrighteousness, saints. First Corinthians, verse 9. First Corinthians, chapter 8, verse 9. But take heed, lest by any means this liberty of yours become a stumbling block 
to them that are weak. Other people are watching your life. They're watching your life. And so when some situation comes up and you decide, instead of standing strong in Christ, which you have the ability to do, you're just going to fall apart at the seams. Well, what are they going to think of you and your God? That you're just one of those hypocrites that says you go to church, quote scriptures, but you can't live the life? not the witness that we're supposed to give. Amen? Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. You see, that's what happens when you allow unbelief in your life. It's evil, and it causes you to depart from God. God's given you an assignment in life. You realize that there are processes and situations and methods that you must go through in order to get there. But here you are, the beginning of this, and you're contemplating failure. I don't know if I can make it, and I don't know if I can, excuse me, We just talked about the fact that before the foundation of the world, God knew those persons who would be Christians, who would receive the gospel, who would open to the gospel and receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And he released before the foundation of the world. He made provision for sufficient grace for you to go through every temptation, every trial, every suffering. So what do you mean you don't know if you can make it? The grace has already been released before you were conceived or born. Amen. So it is. So it is. 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 23. 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 23. The Bible says that we are his workmanship. Recreated in Christ Jesus unto good work That he's already determined that we need to walk in them So what do you mean you can't make it You can't do it and you can't and you can't and you can't and you can't What are you talking about? First Samuel chapter 15 verse 23 1 Samuel chapter 15 verse 23 For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord. You're rejecting the word of the Lord. 
you're rejecting the mind of Christ. You're rejecting God's provision for you. Why? Proverbs chapter 17, verse 11. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 11. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 11. An evil man seeketh only rebellion. Cruel messenger shall be sent against him. Amen? We are living in an age when Christians are doing their own thing, following their own self-will. You know, there's some of us, saints, that God told us to do a certain thing a long time ago, and we didn't want to do it, so we didn't do it. Well, guess what? As long as you're sitting there not doing it and not making any effort whatsoever to get it done, any uh, effort or step or method that is within your power to accomplish, you are in sin and you are backslidden. Amen, and it is so. That's following their own self-will thinking they are in right standing with God, thinking they are going to make it into heaven. Well, some people need to rethink that. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. In other words, if you will not do the will of the Father which is in heaven, you will not be entering into the kingdom of heaven. In this verse, Jesus tells us clearly that it is those who are doing the will of God who are going to enter into heaven, who know what his will is but those who are actually practicing it. They're doing his will. He doesn't try to evade the issue or skirt the issue. Jesus doesn't sugarcoat the truth and make it easier to swallow by saying, well, you know, as long as you're praying to me and as long as you're professing and claiming me to be the Lord in your life, Or as long as you're trusting and believing in me as Lord, you will enter into heaven. No, he did not say that. You know, I've talked to people 
for approaching that season of life where we expect people to leave and go on. And some of them, their attitude is, well, they know they've done things wrong. They just hope he'll forgive them and let them in. But that attitude does not line up with the scriptures. That attitude, that belief system does not comply with the scriptures. You can't live any way you want to live and do or not do as you see it and think you're getting into heaven. It's not going to happen. What God says he means. God cannot lie. He says those who are doing the will of his Father who is in heaven will enter into heaven. The Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 29. The Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 29. And he that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone. For I do always those things that please him, Jesus said. For I do always those things that please him, Jesus said. Can you say the same? Second Corinthians 10. Praise God. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I'm going to begin with verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, they're not worldly, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down every high thing, testing down imagination, and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity. Well, how do I do that? I bind you in the name of Jesus. It works. Every thought, every thought, see it right there in the Bible? Every thought that'll pretty much take care of those emotion swings when you actually bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ amen and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is what fulfilled Amen? Jesus is coming back for those who are watching, who are continually seeking after and doing God's will. That's who he's coming back for. He's not coming back for everybody. In the parable of the ten virgins, so that means we're going to Matthew 25, beginning with verse 1. 
beginning with verse 1. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins who took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamp and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamp. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, The foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And they that were ready, they that were ready, went in with him to the marriage. And the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Who are you? What? For ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Amen. So, in the parable of the ten virgins, the five, who did not have their lamps trimmed and burning were left behind. So let's go to Luke chapter 12, verse 47. Luke chapter 12, verse 47. Luke chapter 12, verse 47. And that servant, which knew his Lord's will, and prepared not himself, neither did according to his will, shall be beaten with many stripes. That's what Jesus said. First John chapter 2, verse 17. First John. Chapter 2, verse 17. 1 John, chapter 2, verse 17. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, the desires of this world, the people have toward this world, that's all passing away. But he that doeth the will of God, He that doeth the will of God, he that doeth the will of God, abideth forever. Not he that heard of the will of God, no, he that doeth the will of God, abideth forever. He that doeth the will of the Father, 
It's this one who is given eternal life. So, seeking your own self-will and doing the will of God is not an option. It is not something to take lightly, like most people do. It is required of you. It is unavoidable, inescapable, mandatory, not optional. It's required by the word of God. It is required by the word of God. Forsaking your own self-will and doing the will of God is required by the word of God. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. John, the Gospel of John. Chapter 2, verse 5. The Gospel of John, chapter 2, and verse 5. Amen. Speaking of Mary, the mother of Jesus, his mother saith unto the servant, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. King, chapter 22, verse 2. Second King, chapter 22, verse 2. Second King, chapter 22, verse 2. And he that and he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, and walked in all the way of David his father, and turned not aside to the right hand or to the left. Amen. Amen. How many of us can say that? Amen. How many of us can say that? Amen. How many of us? Josiah could say that, but can we say that? Can we say that? 
Josiah could say it, but can we say it? Amen. Praise the Lord. Second Corinthians chapter two verse nine. Two verse nine. Second Corinthians chapter two verse nine. For to this end also did I write, that I might know the proof of you, whether ye be obedient in all things. You see there has to be some proof. We have to bring forth some proof. Proof of obedience can be seen. Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, beginning with verse 5. Ephesians chapter 6, beginning with verse Servant, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, in singleness of your heart as unto Christ, not with our service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart doing the will of God from the heart. You see, some people would consider this message to be strong meat. But God is calling each of us to a new depth of commitment and obedience. God is calling each of us to a new depth Commitment and obedience to him. This is a new day that we live in. Things are happening in the spiritual realm. God is raising up a people. He's raising up sons and daughters who have one thought in their minds and hearts. What would that be? Doing his will. At all costs, doing his will. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 7. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 7. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 7. Then said I, lo, I come. In the volume of the book, It is written of me to do thy will, O God. It doesn't say anything about Jesus doing anybody else's will. And some of us get hung up on that. We think we have to do somebody else's will, that God didn't say that's what ought to be. And so we're running around trying to please people that God didn't tell us to please. God's very specific about his instruction. He said we're supposed to obey the will of God. We're not supposed to run around just trying to um, kiss up to people and be men pleasers. 
You know what we mean by that. Amen? That's not a part of integrity. Amen. It's so. So we are under commission. We did not choose ourselves. God chose us. Just as God sent Jesus into this world to fulfill his will on earth, Jesus Christ has sent you forth to fulfill God's will on earth. Jesus said, as my Father has sent me, even so send I you. But you see, Jesus doesn't send people out that haven't been properly prepared and trained and taught and disciplined. He doesn't just send any old body out. He doesn't do that. He sends people where they are prepared to do the will of God because they have been taught and trained and disciplined and tried, you see? He doesn't send people in grade one out to do something that people in grade nine should be doing. Amen? Some of us are so eager to do something for God that we don't have the wisdom to wait on God. God says in his word to wait on your ministry, and that's exactly what he means. They have these thoughts going around in their heads telling them, you ought to go do this, you ought to go do that, you ought to do this, you ought to do that, you ought to do the other. But if God didn't send you to do it, it's iniquity. It's a work of iniquity. Amen? That's the truth. There are a lot of people went out calling themselves doing the will of God, and God didn't send them anywhere. There are a lot of those people. Don't you be one of them. Amen? Don't you be one of them. Amen. We must position ourselves first of all by knowing what the will of God is. There have been a lot of times in my life where the will of God was for me to sit down somewhere and get taught something. Yes, even at that time, there was a call of God on my life, but it wasn't time for me to get up and run and go do something. Time for me to sit down and get taught and trained. It was time for me to learn to submit to authority. It was time for me to learn some obedience. What is God's will for our everyday lives? To obey him, you've got a whole Bible, 66 books of obedience. Does God expect us to think, to talk, to walk? Uh, Yes, he does. 
How does God want to accomplish his will on earth through us? Well, I'm glad you asked. I'm glad you asked. Once we position ourselves knowing God's will, and that take that's a process. It's not microwavable. Shocking to some of you, but no, you can't push a button and get it just like that. We must then conform our lives and live in 100% obedience to his will, as Jesus did. You see, when Jesus was a child, he was at a conference with people who knew a lot of things. But when Mary and Joseph showed up looking for him, he came subject to them and went back home. He didn't say, no, I have to stay here and I can't leave. He didn't do that. The ultimate strategy Jesus used to defeat Satan is so vitally important to you individually and to the church, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ worldwide. Every person's obedience matters. Jesus is coming soon for those who are doing D-O-I-N-G, his will. The Spirit of God is calling us to prepare, to renew our commitment of obedience to his will. You know, Pastor Pat told this truth about her own life. She said when she was learning to hear the will of God clearly, thought would come into her mind, Well, go visit your sister. So since she was practicing what you learned to do in the last fast, she bound that thought in Jesus' name. And once she had gotten that thought bound, she realized it was not God speaking to her. So she proceeded to continue doing what she had been doing, and she did not go to visit her sister. See how simple it can be? How easy is that? We must hear what the Holy Spirit is saying and obey. We must hear what the Holy Spirit is saying and obey. And the more you practice Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 7, and 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 5, the better your hearing will be. Featured ebook for tonight's service is Testing the Spirit's Bible Study. Testing the Spirit's Bible Study. The featured psalm is Psalm 48. Our featured psalm is Psalm 48. And our verses for meditation come from 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 16 through 18. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, 
verses 16 through 18. Amen? Praise the Lord. Jesus was able to face every circumstance, knowing God's will, God has planned for you to do the same. What do you mean? I mean, when you're in the grocery store, you're in the produce department, and you meet an old friend, and you say hi, and they say hi, and you all start to chat, you ought to know when it's time for you to say, well, it was nice to see you again, and step off and go on with your grocery shopping. You shouldn't still be standing there 10 minutes later when God has already unctioned to you that it's time to cut the conversation off. See, how easy is that? God never intended for his will to be a mystery to you. The Bible says you have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. And the more you pray in your prayer language, the better you will get, not just at praying in your prayer language, of knowing down in your knower. Knowing. Down in your knower. Know the sky is not going to roll back and you see Jesus on the throne and he's telling you, buy the yellow bell pepper. No. But you'll have a knowing whether you ought to do something or not do something. To wait until you understand what to do. Does that make sense to you? Years and years and years and years and years ago, I started training myself to obey God. You say, well, how did you do that? I did it with simple things. When I went to the grocery store, if there was something I wanted to purchase, I stood right there until I knew if I had a release from the Lord to purchase it or not. Now, I'm not telling you you have to do it that way, but that was how I began to train myself to obey God and not whatever I felt like doing. Stand right there. Yes, it took me a lot longer to grocery shop for one person that way, but I learned some things in the process. Amen. God never intended for his will to be a mystery to you. He never intended for you to be frustrated or confused concerning his will for your life. He never intended for you to struggle to find his will. 
Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. It is God which worketh in you to will and to do, D-O, do, of his good pleasure. Amen. God is not an impersonal, arbitrary being somewhere up in the sky who expects you to live according to his will but refuses to uncover it or reveal it to you. If you believe that, you need to repent of that belief because that belief is in error. He doesn't expect you to grope around like a blind person trying to find his will. You see, we had a sermon not too long ago about submitting to God. If you did that successfully, what that sermon teaches, then it's easier for you because you're no longer trying to accomplish what you want done. God has revealed his will to us through Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. He has revealed to us how we are to live, how we are to think, walk, talk. He most certainly has. Amen? He most certainly has. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You know, we covered this in the last fast. We covered binding our own thoughts, our own flesh, our own emotions, our own pride, our own demons, and our own childishness. And then we loose the word of God over ourselves. God will teach you if you're willing to submit to him fully and learn. The problem is most people don't want to do that. They want to do what they want to do. He has revealed how he expects us to act. It may not be what we learned growing up, but that means it's time to change. It's time to mature. He has revealed what we are to do. We are going on a spiritual journey. We're going to walk in the steps of Jesus as he faced Satan and won the ultimate victory. Along the way, we're going to take the same steps he took. And as you take each new step, God is going to raise you to a new level of spiritual maturity and emotional maturity. 
some of us are in dire need of emotional maturity. And we must learn to take the steps that God is setting in front of us so that we can grow and mature. So God is going to raise you to a new level of spiritual maturity where you are facing the enemy and the circumstances in your life from the same strong position as Jesus Christ had, knowing the will of God. Remember, saints, God has not planned for you to be defeated. He's made no such provision for you. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. Jesus, on his journey near Jericho, on those roads, sorry, I didn't mean near Jericho. He he started his trek out in Jericho. He was on his way to Jerusalem. And it talks about that in Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10, beginning with verse 32. Mark chapter 10, beginning with verse 32. And they were in the way going up to Jerusalem. And Jesus went before them, and they were amazed. And as they followed, they were afraid. And he took again the twelve and began to tell them what things should happen to him, saying, Behold, we go up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man shall be delivered unto the chief priests, And unto the scribes, and they shall condemn him to death, and shall deliver him to the Gentiles. And they shall mock him, and shall scourge him, and shall spit upon him, and shall kill him. And the third day he shall rise again. Well, this may have been a bit baffling for them, but they heard it. They heard it. You see, when he speaks it to you, you have to take hold of it. Even if you don't fully understand, you must take hold of it. So, Jesus' eyes were focused on the horizon. And as a general leads his soldiers to victory, Jesus fearlessly and with great determination led his disciples toward Jerusalem. This was a critical and crucial moment in the life of Jesus Christ. The destiny of every person that has ever lived, all mankind, was in his hand. He knew what was awaiting him in Jerusalem. He knew that he was going there for the purpose of tasting death for every man. He knew 
that he was going to experience excruciating pain, suffering, and humiliation, and that he would bear it in his body. Jesus faced that crucial hour without fear, knowing that it was the will of God. He knew that he'd been sent by God and anointed with the Holy Spirit to destroy the works of the devil, to redeem man from his sins, and to set up a new kingdom on earth. He also knew that there could be no ultimate victory over Satan, no redemption, until carried out God's will and finished the work he had been given to do. Jesus knew that without the cross, there could be no victory. Without his death, there would be no glory. Actually, Jesus' journey toward Jerusalem and the cross began before he came to earth. We covered this scripture uh, not too long ago, Revelation chapter 13, verse 8. Revelation chapter 13, verse 8. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. We talked about that not long ago, that Jesus Christ was slain from the foundation of the world. Jesus knew the price he would have to pay. He chose to come. He chose to suffer. He chose to die. He stripped himself of his divine abilities and came to earth in the form of humanity, in the form of human flesh, with a specific goal in mind, to do the will of God, to pay the price. It was continually, this one truth was continually moving forward all of his actions. Jesus healed the sick, he performed miracles, he cast out devils, he forgave sins, he raised the dead, he taught in the synagogues, he preached to the poor, because this was God's will for his life. When the time came that the Father had determined, according to his will, for Jesus to offer up his life and to bear the sins of the world on the cross, Jesus set his face toward Jerusalem in obedience to God's will. Yes, it was tough. Yes, it was hard. But it was God's will. Amen. So, Jesus began, as they were going, Jesus began to clearly reveal God's will to them. He says in Mark chapter 8, verse 31, Mark chapter 8, verse 31, and he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and of the chief priests and scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. 
So there's the solution to the and be killed. And after three days, rise again. According to God's will, it was necessary for Jesus to suffer and die and to give himself as a sacrifice for all the sins of the world. All the scriptures had clearly foretold of his rejection, his sufferings, and his death. Nonetheless, even though these were Jewish boys, they've been going to synagogue all their lives. They've been hearing these scriptures read all their lives. Nonetheless, nonetheless, the disciples failed to accept this as a part of God's divine will. All the scriptures that foretold of Jesus' agony, suffering, and dying, they'd heard those scriptures read in the synagogue. So when it was time for those scriptures to be fulfilled, they had a hard time swallowing them. What they were expecting is in Luke 19, verse 11. Luke 19, verse 11. And this is a point where many people walk away from the Lord. They have an expectation that does not fall in line with the true will of God for their lives. They have an expectation that is not in line, is not congruent with the true will of God for their lives. So when the when the when you come to the point that you have to decide either you're going to hold on to your fantasy, your expectation, your dream, or follow the will of God. A lot of people don't make it past that. See, a lot of people are not willing to lay down their dream and their expectation for what the will of God actually is for their life. They've got this idea that their names are supposed to be up in lights or something or whatever their dream might be. And they expect God to fulfill their dream the way they dream it. But when he doesn't do it that way, they are offended. And sometimes they remain offended for the rest of their lives. Amen. So in Luke 19, verse 11, it reads, And as they heard these things, he added and spake a parable, because he was nigh to Jerusalem, and because they thought that the kingdom of God should immediately appear. That's what they thought. But that's not what he said. Amen. They were expecting Christ to restore Israel at any moment and set up an earthly kingdom where he would rule and reign. But that's not what he said. The kingdom that he was talking about is far greater and surpasses any earthly kingdom anywhere. But that wasn't what was in their mind. So it hindered them from receiving truth. 
when Peter didn't understand, he pulled Jesus aside and he tried to tell him that that wasn't it. That wasn't the plan. That the pain and the suffering and the death were really not what he was supposed to do. You know, Peter, impulsive Mr. Blurt Out. Hadn't processed it, but he's got something to say, just like many of us. Jesus recognized this source of temptation and rebuked Peter. Actually, he spoke to the devil. Because Jesus knew that Peter was not speaking according to the will of God. But the devil was working with the will of man that was not subject at that time to the will of God. He knew that the enemy was trying to use Peter to hinder the fulfillment of God's divine will. Amen? Amen. It's the truth. said, get thee behind me, Satan. And he went on to tell him the rest. But Jesus didn't change his course. He kept doing the Father's will. So we see in Luke 9, chapter uh, verse 30, Luke chapter 9, verse 30, that there was this situation. Jesus needed encouragement. Jesus needed strength. And the Father provided it this way. Father provided it this way. In Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9, and I'm going to begin, mm-hmm. at verse 28, and it came to pass about an eight days after these things, he took Peter, John, and James, and went up into a mountain to pray. And as he prayed, the fashion of his countenance was altered, and his raiment or garment was glistening and white. And behold, there talked with him two men, which were Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spake of his deceit. They're talking about him dying. That's what deceased means, you're going to die. And spake of his deceit which he should accomplish at Jerusalem. Moses and Elijah appeared in glory and talked to Jesus about what he was about to go through so that he was encouraged to finish his journey. He was encouraged to finish doing the will of the Father. He was encouraged to keep on keeping on until it was time to stop, until it was finished. And he needed courage to endure. So he needed to prepare himself for his final confrontation with Satan. And he got the help that he needed. Amen. 
That's what we see in this scripture. Moses and Elijah ministering to Jesus. This was not a chance meeting. It was ordained by God. God sent them there for a purpose. It's obvious that they were sent for a purpose because they were talking about what should happen to him in the days to come and what he was about to bring the fulfillment to. This was a great victory celebration before the battle. It was more than an attaboy. Even though Satan, working through Peter, had tried to turn Jesus away from doing the Father's will and tried to tell him that that wasn't what he ought to do, he kept going. So on Mount Hermon, the Father sent Moses and Elijah firm the will of God to him. They came to encourage and strengthen Jesus. They reminded him that there was a glorious resurrection yet to come. So Jesus, knowing the will of God, submitting himself to it, and he didn't get off the path. He didn't turn away. He didn't get off the path. He didn't turn away. Amen? He didn't quit. He didn't say, oh, this is too hard, too hard. I can't do it. No, he didn't do that. He just didn't do that. So in Mark chapter 9, beginning with verse 30, Mark chapter 9, beginning with verse 30, and they departed then. And passed through Galilee, and he would not that any man should know it. For he taught his disciples and said unto them, The Son of Man is delivered into the hands of men, and they shall kill him. And after that he is killed, he shall rise the third day. Jesus keeps saying, I got to die and they're going to kill me. Amen? That's what he kept telling them. But you see, they were afraid. And they didn't want to ask him any questions about it. Do you ne- Have you ever wondered why they didn't want to ask him any questions? In Luke chapter 9, beginning with verse 44, Luke chapter 9, beginning with verse 44, Jesus said, let these sayings sink down into your ears, for the Son of Man shall be delivered into the hands of men. But they understood not this saying, and it was hid from them, that they perceived it not. And they feared to ask him of that saying. They still weren't getting it. Amen? They didn't get 
why God would deliver Jesus into the hands of men to be killed. And they did not ask Jesus to explain because they were afraid to know the truth. Remember the Lord gave us an encouragement at the beginning of this service about desiring to know the truth, seeking him for the truth about yourself. Amen? So my question to you tonight is, are you fearing the truth? You know you have the option to ask the Father to prepare you for the truth that he wants to reveal to you, if you will. So from this point in their journey, Jesus and his disciples stopped at Capernaum. They went to Judea. They went across the Jordan, and they went, kept going until they were entering into Jerusalem. All this time, Jesus knew God's will. He knew he was the son of God. He knew he'd been called and chosen. He knew he had been anointed by the Holy Spirit to destroy the works of the devil. He knew he was going to pay the ultimate price. He knew he was going to win the ultimate victory over Satan. He knew he was going to be resurrected in power and glory. He knew he was going to be exalted and given a name above every name. So Jesus kept going. Jesus kept going. He kept going. He kept going. So the question is, when you come to your place, Satan tries to sift you as wheat, what do you do? When there's strife and division within your family that threatens to tear it apart, do you panic? Do you spend more time worrying about your sickness? Do you depend upon and have more faith in your doctor and man's knowledge than you do in Jesus Christ and the supernatural power of God? Do you? When your children continue to rebel against God and they do all kinds of things, they drink, they sell drugs, do you throw your hands up in despair? Do you spend hours on end worrying and crying and giving up and worrying and crying and giving up trying to find a solution to the problems in your marriage relationship? What do you do? When you have expensive repairs, and unexpected expenses, when there isn't enough money at hand to meet your needs, do you open your thoughts to financial ruin, to lifetime debt? You see, there are circumstances that we all have to face in life knowing the will of God. We must recognize the works of the enemy. Jesus faced every circumstance from a strong position of knowing God's will. We will find his will in his word. We will find his will in his word. Jesus knew how to react in these situations because he was filled with the knowledge of God's will. Jesus knew 
the will of God and lived his life in complete conformity and obedience to that will. Amen? Amen. Amen. So I'm praying that you got quite a bit out of that word from the Lord tonight and that you will recast to get the part that you didn't quite get. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We're going to go on. Let me see. Where am I going? To our guest call-ins. Amen? Praise the Lord. We're going to our guest call-ins. And area code 903 you're on the air live in Jesus' name. Yes, that's me. Yes, yes I, I can hear you. My, yes, ma'am. I need prayer for my mind. I've been sick real long, a long time. I got to where I couldn't even think. I'm, I can't remember anything. Okay, let me ask you this. Have you had an infection? Yes, ma'am. Uh Okay. I'm the one that, yeah, sent you that deal. Yeah, she said my ears were infected my, in my sinuses. I also have a bad tooth. Um, I've been mm-hmm. taking uh, moxicillin, and then, of course, with, I have problems with, you know, the yeast problem. I've taken two of the anti-yeast pills. Mm-hmm. I just need prayer, yeah. All right. Okay, did you hear the sermon um, on Wednesday night? Part of it. Okay, you need to go back. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. I'm sorry. I keep replaying that. Yeah, I I hear parts of it. But especially at the first when you pray, yes. Uh, Okay. That's what I recast all the time was Wednesdays. Okay, Jesus the healer. Is here. Yes. Okay. Okay. So I, I want you to keep playing that the one from Wednesday night. Jesus, the healer, okay. is here. Amen. Okay. Father, in the yes. name of Jesus, from our position seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, with the silver spirit, we set our sister free from every soul tie, ley lines of silver cord, garland, chain, feather, net, yoke, snare, and device. Device of the enemy in the name of Jesus. Every witchcraft attack we bind in the name of Jesus Christ. Deep breath and cough, deep breath and cough, deep breath and cough. Witchcraft attack, we send it back where it came from in the name of Jesus. Every attack against her health, we take authority, dominion, and power in the name of Jesus Christ, and we send it back where it came from in the name of Jesus. We command every infection. To come out of her body, we bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind sinus infections and all the demons that inhabit the sinus cavity, the ear, nose, and throat connect. We command you to be bound in the name of Jesus. We send you into the spiritual cage and into the feet of Jesus to be judged before time. Come out of her body. Come out of her body in Jesus' name. Every symptom, you're bound in the name of Jesus Christ. Come out of her body now. 
and that they gave way to urinary infections, infections in the female parts. You're bound in the name of Jesus Christ. Come out of her body. Come out of her body now. Deep breath and call. Deep breath and call. Deep breath and call. Come out of her body in the name of Jesus Christ. All burning, we bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. All discomfort and itching, we bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. All malodorous, we bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. All unwanted secretions, we bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. Come up and out of her body. Get out. Get out. Get out now in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for releasing your angels. To take these demons and make them come subject to your holy name. Come out of her. Holy fire upon all those spirits in Jesus' name. Holy fire. The fire of God upon come out of her. Get out of her. Off the root. We uproot you in Jesus' name. We uproot you in the name of Jesus. We uproot you in Jesus' name. Come out of her. Come out of her. Come out of her chest. Come out of her lungs. Come out of her bloodstream. You're bound in Jesus' name. We take the ground back from you with the name of Jesus Christ. We take the ground back with the blood. The blood of Jesus. The blood. By his stripes, she has been healed. By his stripes, she has been healed. By his stripes. She has been healed. Come out of her body. Come out of her body in Jesus' name. Come out of her body. Come out of her body. Dehydration, you're bound in Jesus' name. Weariness, you're bound in the name of Jesus. Weakness, you're bound in Jesus' name. Memory loss, you're bound in Jesus' name. Forgetfulness, you're bound in Jesus' name. Ha ha. Fever, you're bound in Jesus' name. Come out of her. Come out of her in the name of Jesus. Come out of her. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask that you heal her electrolyte balance in Jesus' name. Come on out, all of it, from the root, the whole thing, in Jesus' name. Come on out. Out of her in the name of Jesus. And never return in Jesus' holy name. Esha Rugusa. Come on out of her in the name of Jesus. All the way out in the name of Jesus. Every bit of it. All of it. Every bit. All of it. Father, we ask that you expand the lungs and push that mucus out in Jesus' name. Expand the lungs and push that mucus out in the name of Jesus Christ. And when it comes up, don't swallow it, cough it out in Jesus' name. Yes, in the name of Jesus. Lord, open those passages so all of that phlegm and mucus can come out. Yes. Bring it up out of yes. her chest cavity and yes. out of her throat, out of her mouth. 
Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, when we have these attacks, there are certain kind of body chemicals that are released, cytokines and other body chemicals. We put them in the hands of the Lord to bring them into proper balance in Jesus' name. Thank you. Now, take a deep breath. There you go. Take a deep breath. Release <laughs> Is I want you to drink some if you're able to do this, drink mm-hmm. some cranberry juice. And ask okay. the Lord to show you which one to buy in the store. There's a whole bunch of them when you go in the store. Yes, ma'am. Ask him to okay. show you the one he wants you to buy. And drink okay. some cranberry juice. Okay? Okay. Okay. And don't okay. allow yourself to get dehydrated. That's okay. why you can't think, because you're becoming dehydrated, okay? Yes, ma'am. That came to my mind yesterday. My nephew had to go to the hospital, and they told him he was dehydrated, and he said, I drink water. He said, no, you need uh, Gatorade or, you know, Pyrate for electrolytes. So That's yeah. right. That's right. Praise the Lord. Okay. Thank you so much, Dr. Sabrina. I appreciate you. You're welcome. Thank you. God bless you. We love you. God bless you. Amen. We love you too. Love Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Area code 856, you're on the air live in Jesus' name. Area code 856. Hi, this is KK. How are you? I'm fine, and you? I'm I'm okay. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, so I'm calling in for prayer. Um, I agreed to see my parents, and I've needed to prepare. Um, <clears throat> I believe I don't know how to properly and effectively lead my family in spiritual preparation. Um, you know, honestly, I, I don't believe. I am a leader. I don't believe that I have, it takes, have what it takes to be a leader. And um, I, I've never successfully led any, anything or anyone. So I'm having a hard time with that. Uh, and as a result, I, I really have done nothing for weeks, and the meeting is still planned. So obviously this uh, ostracized me from um, my wife and my son. Okay, so you've been procrastinating. Yes, absolutely. Okay, you need to repent of that. Yes, I do. I do. Right now, I do. All right. Now, let me explain something to you. Okay. The very one, Jesus Christ himself, 
through the power of the Holy Spirit, lives in your body. It doesn't matter that you've never been a natural leader. That doesn't matter. What matters is the one who leads the whole world lives inside of you. And if you listen to the Holy Spirit and you follow his directions, he will walk you through this situation step for step for step for step for step for step. He does not expect you to know the answers. He is the answer. He expects you to submit yourself to him, to come to him, to seek his face, to get instructions from him. That's what he expects. Amen? Amen. And so that's what I'm going to pray for you to do. I'm going to pray for you to overcome your procrastination, your putting it off out of fear and out of your own ineptness. All right? And I'm going to pray for you to submit yourself to the Lord. You're going to seek his face for the directions that you need, for the instructions that you need. The Bible says if you lack wisdom to ask him. And he would give it to you. So that's what I'm going to pray over you right now, all right? Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Father, in the name of Jesus, on behalf of our brother, we come as the body of Christ. And we forgive his sins, Lord, of procrastination, out of fear, and ineptness, depending on his own abilities instead of leaning on the God who lives in him. We ask you, Father, to have mercy on him and to forgive him. We ask you also, Father, to help him, to give him the direction that he needs, the instructions with knowledge and understanding that he must have. Strengthen him and encourage him, Lord, so that he will be able to submit himself fully to you in believing and to obey as you give him the instructions, the directions that you want him to follow. We thank you and we give you praise. We take authority, dominion, and power over attacks of confusion, attacks of unbelief, attacts of fear. Since God is with you, who can be against you, the Bible says. Who can be against you? Who can stand against you when God is standing up in you? Amen? Amen. So now you get to go to that scripture, and you're going to see to it that you become fully persuaded of that scripture. You're going to put it in your heart to the point that you're convicted and then convinced. Amen? Amen. So, Father, we thank you for his victory and success, and we look forward to the praise report in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Pastor, very much. Thank you. You're welcome. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you, Lord. See, sometimes, saints, you just have to do what the Bible says to do. When it says ask God, you got to ask him. When it says stop running from your problems, you got to stop running. Amen? And that's the way it is. You got to stop quaking in your shoes. Well, it's time to stop doing that. God wouldn't tell you to do something he wasn't he hasn't released the grace for you to do. Amen. And sometimes we get ourselves all in a tizzy because we have this anticipation of of bad. An anticipation of what we've experienced before. An anticipation of something negative. Instead of trusting the Lord for the very best outcome possible. See, that's an act of your will. You decide if you're going to sit there cringing in fear, anticipating the very worst, instead of believing what God says, that his thoughts towards you are good and not evil, to give you an expected end and a hope. He wants you to overcome. He didn't tell you not to be an overcomer. That wasn't God. So since Jesus has already overcome for us and the overcomer lives in us, why aren't we automatically expecting to overcome? It's because you don't yet believe the word. You hear it preached. You read the scripture. But you don't take time to put it in your heart so deep that it never comes out again, that it stays in your heart. It's an investment in yourself, amen? You actually have to take the word and put it in your heart and in your mind and choose to believe it. You've got to choose that. Okay, I believe it. No. You know how many times they told you what your name was until you started believing that was your name? Well, this is no different. Got to keep putting the word in you until you believe it more than you believe that other stuff that you believe that's nothing but sin. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. We're still praying for the people, Lord, that are in Kentucky that had um, that flooding, Lord. We haven't forgotten about them. We're still believing for them, and we thank you for helping them. In Jesus' name, we thank you for everything you've done for them, even though we might not have been there to see it. We thank you, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And we're still lifting up to you, former President Trump. Here they are right here, Lord. Former President Trump, and we're believing you for the very best outcome for him and his family and for them to overcome in this situation as well in Jesus' name. Amen. We're requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning food producers across Europe that are contending with soaring energy prices. 
with that increase quickly felt in the pockets of consumers grappling with a cost of living crisis. Bloomberg reported on Tuesday, according to the report, citing a Bank of England forecast, a third of U.K. households are set to spend more than 10% of their income on energy, and now surging grocery costs are driving up food poverty. It is the domino effect that has happened with us having to take a huge increase in energy, Ryan Peters, managing director of Brioche UK, told the outlet. We have to try to raise our prices to retailers a little bit, and unfortunately that goes on to consumers, he said. Kona Haight, head of research for commodities trader EDNF, uh, warned, I think the worst is still to come as energy prices rise. This winter will be a game changer and processing costs will likely go up. Europe's largest sugar beet producer has reported its first quarter revenues and has been hit by a substantial rise in raw material, energy, and packing costs. Companies turning to soybeans, Great seed and sunflower seeds into cooking oils have been reportedly been slowed, slowing output in the U.K. and Europe and shifting production to other regions with lower energy prices. Meanwhile, energy-intensive food factories across the continent could be forced to shut down if natural gas shortages spark rationing, Bloomberg warned. Just like people are grappling with their home budgets, we're having to manage high volatile energy and input costs, making sure every penny our business spends and gets as income is actively managed in real time. Vice President Gerald Mason was quoted as saying, we're not running a casino, we're making food, which gives us a big responsibility to get it right. Amen. We're requesting adjudication from the righteous judge concerning the U.S. tax authority has sparked an uproar after posting a job offer warning that new agents must be prepared to wield deadly force. Deadly force Mm -hmm. against suspects amid heightened concerns about heavy-handed tactics by the IRS as it seeks to hire thousands of new enforcers. An IRS job form seeking criminal investigation special agent was briefly taken offline and edited on Wednesday after its language stoked outrage on social media according to Fox News and other outlets. Though a previous version of the page noted that major duties of the job would include carrying a firearm and being willing to use deadly force if necessary. The listing viable on Thursday evening no longer contains that requirement. Journalist Ford Fisher was among the first to note the mention of deadly force in a series of tweets on Wednesday. Less than 24 hours later, the agency had taken down the notice 
removed the offending bullet point and re-uploaded it. Journalist Fisher was a... Okay, I said that part. The IR's criminal investigation special agent job announcement continues to be open on USA Jobs and has not been taken down, an IRS spokesperson told Fox Business, but offered no explanation for the apparent edit. Republicans and conservative critics of U.S. President Joe Biden have sounded the alarm in recent days about growing IRS authority, with House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy alleging that Democrats are looking to build an army of federal tax officers through a provision in the yet-to-be-signed Inflation Reduction Act. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's see. Do you make less than $75,000 a year or less? He asked in a tweet, adding, Democrats, new army of 87,000 IRS agents will be coming for you. With 710,000 new audits for Americans, who earn less than 75000 Libertarian-leaning Republican Thomas Massey of Kentucky noted the controversial job listing in a social media post. He also claiming the IRS is seeking to add tens of thousands of agents to its ranks and warning that they would be exempt from a Democrat-led push to ban AR-15 rifles. However, while detractors have argued the measure with dramatic measure will dramatically expand the total force of IRS agents, some suggesting they would be unleashed on small business owners across the country. A Treasury Department official reached by time denied the charge. It is wholly inaccurate to describe any of these resources as being about increasing audit scrutiny of the middle class or small businesses, the official said. Time went on to note that while the Inflation Reduction Act does authorize some $78 billion for the IRS over the next 10 years, those funds will cover a wide range of positions, only some of which will be tax enforcement agents. Moreover, many of the new employees would fill jobs currently held by people who are set to retire meaning the IRS could see up to 30,000 additional workers over its current staff, well below the 87,000 repeatedly claimed by conservative critics. But, Church, I'm going to tell you, they've done this before. They did this something very similar to this when I was a teenager. I was watching 60 Minutes with my parents on television, and they had a piece all about it explaining from beginning to end. So it is not any surprise that they're aiming to do this again. Amen? They just think they're going to get away with it. That's all. And at that time, I was neither a Republican nor a Democrat. I was a teenager. Requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning The World Economic Forum is calling for the end of private car ownership in the name of saving the world from climate change by reducing the need for green tech resources. Here we go. 
We need a clean energy revolution, and we need it now. Economic Forum begins its article. According to the World Economic Forum, critical metals such as cobalt, lithium, and nickel, all of which are used in clean energy technologies, are in short supply. And while the WEF says recycling old tech that uses these metals to lessen the impact of shortages is simply not enough. The complication is that we do not currently have enough metals in circulation, and even with recycling taken into consideration, mineral production is still forecasted to increase by nearly 500%. So how should we proceed, they ask. Top of the list of solutions for how the WF thinks we should proceed is to go from owning to using. There they go again. Be honest, the WEF continues. You likely have at least one old mobile phone tucked in the bottom of a drawer, possibly an unused hard drive, taking up space, too. You aren't alone. The average car or van in England is driven just 4% of the time. This is not at all resource efficient. More sharing can reduce ownership of idle equipped material usage. Car sharing platforms such as Get Around and Blue SG have already seized that opportunity to offer vehicles when you pay per hour use. The WEF adds that people should not only give up their ownership of everything from cars to smartphones, but that technologies and civilizations need to be redesigned to facilitate this transition to enable a broader transition from ownership to usership. The way we design things and systems needs to change too. A design process that focuses on fulfilling the underlying need instead of designing for product purchasing is fundamental to this transition. This is the mindset needed to redesign cities to reduce private vehicles and other usages. Of course, transitioning from people owning things to essentially just renting them won't be easy. The WEF acknowledges this but says it's totally worth it. Just trust them. Hmm. Well, hmm. Not me. Seeing adjudications from the righteous judge concerning um, when he ran for president in 2004, then-Senator John Kerry famously said of a vote to fund the Iraq War, I actually did vote for the $87 billion before I voted against it. Verbal gymnastics aside, Kerry's embarrassing attempt to explain himself pales in comparison to the statements coming out of this week's annual Lambeth Conference in Great Britain. The conference is a once-a-decade meeting of the world's Anglican bishops convened by Anglicism's, Anglicism's leader, Justin Welby, the Archbishop of Canterbury. The incoherence emanating from this gathering of Anglican leaders is not isolated to a single offhand remark by an obscure churchman. As one British news headline put it, Anglican Church still still tying itself in knots over same-sex marriage. First, the Archbishop of Canterbury has affirmed the validity of the Anglican 
Communion's 1998 statement on human sexuality, which states, in view of the teaching of Scripture, the communion upholds faithfulness in marriage between a man and a woman in lifelong union and believes that abstinence is right for those who are not called to marriage and rejects homosexual practice as incompatible with Scripture. This document says, Anglican leaders cannot advise the legitimizing or blessing of same-sex union, nor ordaining those involved in same-gender union. The Archbishop also notes that for the large majority of the Anglican community, questioning the traditional understanding of marriage is unthinkable. So far, so good. But then Archbishop Welby long associated as a committed evangelical, takes with one hand what the other hand just offers, referring to his call to the bishops to come to the Lambeth event, Welby writes, other church provinces have blessed and welcomed same-sex union or marriage after careful theological reflection and a process of reception. He continues that these theological outliers have not arrived lightly at their ideas that traditional teaching needs to change. They are not careless about Scripture. They do not reject Christ, but they have come to a different view on sexuality after long prayer, deep study, and reflection on understandings of human nature. And then, referring to the American and Canadian churches, Welby says, for these churches not to change, Traditional teaching challenges their very existence. First, if fidelity to scripture means a loss of members or even ecclesiastical collapse, then let God be true and every man a liar, Romans 3, 4. Is the survival of a denominational organization more important than obeying our Redeemer? Welby knows better. Second, The very essence of the Episcopal Church in the United States already seems doomed. Researcher Ryan Berg, writing in 2019, reports that the median age of an Episcopalian in 2019 is 69 years old. With life expectancy around 80, we can easily expect at least a third of the current membership of the denomination to be gone in the next 15 to 20 years. The Episcopal Church itself notes that its membership is in rapid decline. As of 2019, there were about 1.8 million members, down from 3.4 million members in the 1960s. Average Sunday attendance fell to 518,411. Median attendance dropped from 53 worships to one while 61% of parishes saw attendance declines of 10% or more. The overall picture is dire, not one of decline as much as demise within the next generation unless trends change significantly, according to Episcopal priest and denominational scholar, Reverend Dwight, whatever his last name is. At this rate, he says, there will be no one in worship by around 2050 in the entire denomination. 
There is one overriding reason for this massive loss. People don't want to belong to a denomination that is Christian in name only. The American Episcopal Church as a denomination long ago abandoned steadfast allegiance to historical, historic Christian orthodoxy. Reverend John Yates, for many years, the rector of the Large Falls Church, Episcopal Church in Virginia, left the denomination because of its failure to adhere to basic Christian doctrine. So did the noted Christian scholar, Os Guinness. In 2007, Washington Post wrote, the American Episcopal Church no longer believes the historic Orthodox Christian faith common to all believers. Some leaders expressly deny the central articles of the faith, saying that traditional theism is dead, the incarnation is nonsense, and the resurrection of Jesus is a fiction. The understanding of the cross as an atonement for sin is a barbarous idea. The Bible is pure propaganda and so on. Is it any surprise then that traditional Anglicanism, which is evangelical in conviction, is thriving in the United States and around the world? His statement, in his statement, Welby concludes, we are deeply divided. That will not end soon. We are called by Christ himself to both unit, truth and unity. This is true, but Welby should know that unity flows from a common commitment to the truth. When that commitment is forsaken, unity becomes an idol and an end unto itself. This is not the scriptural understanding of what oneness in Christ truly means. John Kerry, in in his losing presidential campaign, found out that you can't have things both ways. We can pray that Justin Welby and his senior advisors will come to acknowledge the same thing. There is no middle ground between truth and error. Good feeling is not unity. And turning from the Bible's teaching for the sake of an even a cherished denomination is far too high a cost when it comes to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen, amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. So, Brother Marshall, we have a lot to pray about, it seems. Quite a bit to pray about. And as soon as I find, ah, there you are. We're ready. Praise the Lord. Thank you for your mercy, Lord. Your mercy is in you every day. And I don't know how to pray, so if any man thinks he knows anything... (laughs) He knows nothing yet as he ought to know. But we, you have not left us as orphans, Father. Thank you for the spirit of adoption. And you said, ask, and you shall receive. So I'm asking, Father, ask for your wisdom and guidance by your spirit, Father, to lead me to pray and lead all of us to pray the way you want with the unction of your spirit, Father. You said, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be delivered. So I take the cup of salvation and call upon your name, and because of the blood of the covenant, Father, I thank you for filling us with your good spirit. And I thank you for the spirit of the living God leading us in God. I commit my works unto you, Lord Jesus, my thoughts shall be established. We ask for your help and your divine help, and your, your hand is not too short to say, Father. He said, He that cometh to me, Jesus said, He that in John, where is that? Set up a set In John chapter 6, He that cometh to me shall not hunger, he that believeth in me shall not thirst. We thank you, Jesus. Your, 
Kara, you're the living bread from heaven. You're the fountain of living waters. We thank you for providing all of our need according to your riches and glory by the power of your spirit. So, Father, help all of our brothers and sisters in Europe and elsewhere that are struggling, including in every nation, Father God, that are trying to stand up and trying to say, well, what do you want me to do, Lord? So we continue to cast all of our cares on you, Lord Jesus, because you care for us. Because we don't know what to do, but you do. So we leave our cares cast on you and on your cross where you triumph over every demonic spirit of doubt and unbelief and worry and taking anxious thought for tomorrow. And we ask you, Father, to provide all that we need according to your riches and glory. Jesus is the bread multiplier. He's the one who can take... What is it? Make a... Five loaves, 7,000, whatever it was. Or you, you know how to multiply everything, Lord. And we know that you've done it many times, not just back a few uh, centuries ago. You've done it more recently, Father God. So we ask you to provide for all those in need, including in Europe. We ask you to wake up the body of Christ. And those that are on the fringe, Father God, there have been some great people like Reinhard Bonnke that came out of, I think he was a, a wonderful uh, faith b- believer out of Germany, Father God, who traveled to Africa, Father God. You raised many people, Father God, and healed many, many thousands of people. So, Father, we ask you to raise up the leaders, Father God, in this day and in this time, for such a time as this. And a lot of people are like Gideon, who is like, what do you want me to do, Lord? You know, he wasn't so sure, you know. So he wasn't so sure either. So he put out a fleece. He wasn't so sure. Well, what do you want me to do? Come and you want me to come against the Midianites, Lord. There's a lot of them, just a couple of us. What do you want us to do? What do you want me to do? And he said, Almighty man of valor. So, Father God, help us to all be delivered from those spirits of uh, taking anxious thought and every spirit of ungodly fear. Because you've not given us the spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind. And how do we receive that? As we receive it by your spirit, Lord. Because you sent Jesus anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power. And Jesus said he's sending us forth exactly the same way as Father God sent him forth, anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power. Thank you, Father, for sending us forth, because we can't do it in our own strength. But send those, Father, in Europe and every nation, Father God. We thank you for those that are standing for the truth. Those in the, in, in the Netherlands and Holland, Father God. Those farmers that have been standing against this tyranny, Father God. They're trying to take away the food from the people, Father God. Those people in the Netherlands... In, in Holland, like those Pennsylvania Dutch, Father, they came over to Pennsylvania, Ohio, from probably the same area. They're really good at farming, Father. They've had generations. They've been doing this for a long time. Teach, teach the people all over the world, not just Europe, in the United States, too. When people raised during World War II, people had victory gardens. Pe- pe- teach people what to do and how to do it the way you want, Father. Maybe not everybody has a little plot of land or a raised bed garden. Not everybody even wants to grow sprouts, Father God. But it sure tastes better than some of the stuff that they want to put out there, Father God. tastes a lot better, and it's actually pretty good for us. It's actually nourishing. It's actually the way you created it to be. So, Father, we ask you to clear away the smoke and all the nonsense that's trying to cause people to be controlled by spirits of ungodly fear and mind control. We bind you, Satan. Every one of your mind control spirits are bound. You and all your underlings are perpetually bound. We cancel our assignments to try and bring confusion and fear to grip the people of Europe, trying to cause people to say, oh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Thank you, Father God, for delivering everyone. You've not given us that spirit of fear, Father God, but the spirit of power, the spirit of love, and the spirit of a sound mind that we can hear your voice, Lord Jesus. Father God, this is said, this is my beloved son, hear him. And what did Martha, she was busy, busy doing things for you, Lord, but what did her little sister Mary do? Oh, she just sat at Jesus' feet and listened to his words. And what did that do for her? Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word. 
and she pleased the Lord because she was created to listen to the Lord and obey him. It wasn't necessarily bad what Martha was doing, but we all need to start out by spending time listening to Jesus. And I don't think she had her eyes closed. I think she was looking into his face. And we thank you, Lord. Help us all to hunger and thirst for righteousness, not just physical food. That may start in the natural, but, Lord, may it be in the spiritual, too, because we know we don't live by created things like bread. We, we only live by you, Lord, by your word that's forever settled in heaven. All these things on earth are going to be changed, radically changed. But, Father God, you provide all that we need in Jesus' name. If people need fertilizer, you can provide it, natural fertilizers even. And we thank you for that, Father God. We thank you for providing all those, Father God. We cancel all the work curses spoken by those in Bloomberg and the Bank of England and all the negative forecasts. We cancel all the word curses spoken and all the people from the global elite speaking word curses over the people, not just of Europe, but every nation in Jesus' name, saying you'll own nothing and be happy. How can you own nothing and be happy? Oh, could it be psychological warfare? Could it be that mind control spirits coming through the media? It could be the Internet, too not just on the mainstream news media. We know that, that people like Alex Jones, his ratings were much higher than all the mainstream news media's rolled together. And what have they done to him? They just they, 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 they ter- said terrible things about him. Maybe he did not act very prudently in some areas, Father God, though I don't think he was necessarily wrong. Of course, I don't know everything. <coughs> but he's been actually quite accurate, Father God, in so many different things, Father God, saying that, these people just want to control people against their will. So we ask for your divine intervention and adjudication, Father God. Jesus said, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Ask, and you shall receive. And actually, that scripture in John 16 starts out by Jesus saying, in that day, the day we see Jesus, how do we see Jesus? Oh, his eyes are red with wine. Oh, maybe we get down on our knees and break bread together, looking into his face. And then you guide us by your spirit. You guide us by that Holy Ghost, Father God. Because Jesus was anointed, and he wants us to be little anointed ones. Some people call them Christians, Father. Some people don't want to be called Christians. Some people don't want to be called Episcopalians. Some people don't want to be called any particular thing. They just want to be called believers in a God who loves them perfectly. Because perfect love casts out all fear. And thank you, Jesus, for hanging on that tree, taking our cup of cursing for all those in every nation, Father God, that will just turn to you, looking to you. So look unto me, be saved, for I am God, there is none else. No, Joe Biden is not going to save us. Trump could be helpful, but he's not our Savior. There's only one Savior in the whole universe, only one Savior. And his name is Jesus. The word Jesus means Savior. And that's why even as it is written in Isaiah 43, starting verse 10, You are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant, whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am. And before me there was no God formed. No, not the Archbishop of Canterbury, nor the Bank of England, or anyone else. Neither shall there be after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. There's only one Savior. His name is not Joe Biden. His name is not Donald Trump. His name is not Benny Hinn. No. 
I don't even know if he's still around anymore. I haven't lost track of that person. Father God, we ask you to deliver all those that have been bewitched by seductive spirits and bewitching spirits and every unclean spirit, Father God, and deliver us from all ungodly spirits trying to steal, kill, and or destroy. Because Jesus said, I've come that you may have life, you may have it more abundantly in John 10.10. But the devil comes, and he's real, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But as we submit ourselves to God and resist the devil, he has to flee from us. Why would he flee from us? Because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. How did Jesus get to be in us? How do we receive his spirit? I think that's a really important thing. Not everybody spends a lot of time looking into that. But, Father God, we need to drink in that one spirit with you, Lord. And you say you poured forth of your spirit, Father God. And Jesus breathed on his disciples that receive you the Holy Ghost. And what does the blood represent? It represents what? The breath of God. Why is that? Blood has what? Hemoglobin. What does hemoglobin carry? Oxygen. Is oxygen necessary for things that breathe air? Like even whales and, and dolphins, you know, the kind that, that breathe air that come up to the surface? Yeah. Oxygen, even the fish in the under the sea, they get oxygen out of the water from their gills. We all need oxygen that are alive, moving, breathing creatures, Father God. Every animal. Yes, the, the cows need it. Because the dogs need it, people need it. We need your blood. We need your life. We need your spirit. We think of the privilege of drinking to one spirit with you, Lord, just like you said in was that in First Corinthians, cut out twelve thirteen. And we thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. Father, we ask you to wake up those in the United States that are quaking in their boots over this nonsense with the IRS. And yes, as Pastor Sabrina has already pointed out, they've done it before. The devil keeps doing the same things over and over again. Some of the same tactics the Nazis used. Some of the tame, same tactics that communists used back when Russia was really not very nice to its people, Father God. Some, some years ago, Father God, when they, when they kicked out the czars and all that, they very, very mean to their people, Father God. And Father God, but things have changed. Russia's not quite as mean to their people. They're, they're actually building up the middle class. And China used to have a middle class, and now what are they doing over in China? They're not very nice to their people. Communist nations, Karabatetabat totalitarian dictatorships like Castro was down in Cuba and his little uh, offspring up there in Canada, Trudeau, they're not very nice to their people. They think they're like little gods. We bind that spirit of selfishness and idolatry and rebellion. Every spirit of rebellion is bound. Every spirit of trying to control people against their will is bound. Trying to control people to making them afraid, to make, pay, make them pay taxes when they think, well, well what am I going to do? We're going to do what Jesus tells us to do. We're going to look into his eyes. He's going to guide us with his eyes. And if this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Well, how did he love me? He poured out his blood, his soul for me. And every human being, even Joe Biden, the human being, and I don't know whether his doubles, I mean, he may have more than one, whether they've received Jesus or have the opportunity to. But Father, yes, he get a hold of all those. Those that are doing the mouthpiece of the enemy, Father God, those that are mind-controlled, those from Kodama, we bind every one of those ungodly spirits of mind control, like the Manchurian candidates and all their trigger tones, trigger words, way cancer assignments, all the time, anything to do with every one of us, including all those that are trying to speak things into being to cause people to quake and to fear in Jesus and trying to bring up, oh, this is the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, trying to control people by fear because the devil has been using that for a long time. In fact, he used that against the real Bishop Kanko before he came to a Christian he controlled all the people, the warlocks, and the witches, all controlled by fear. Thought about that. But God has not given us that fear. 
because we're in a whole different kingdom, Father God, and we thank you for that, Lord, the kingdom of the living God, who is truth, who is love, who is pure, who is holy, and we thank you, Father God, for loving us so perfectly, that perfect love casts out all fear. Father, we ask for your divine inter- intervention adjudication concerning the business, concerning the IRS plans, Father God, in Jesus' name, you can overturn things, Father God. The most high rule is the kingdom of man, give to whomsoever he will, and the government's going to be on your shoulders, Lord Jesus, we know you're coming back soon. Very, very soon. I heard a, a little brief testimony by a teeny child. I don't know how old she was, probably pre, maybe early toddler stage. And she said, Mama, Mama, Abba, Abba. And, and she said, He's coming, He's coming soon, He's coming soon. And she bowed herself three times to the earth, to wherever she was. The little child shall lead them, Father God. And you said, In the last days I'll pour forth in my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters will prophesy. We thank you for the prophecies. Nobody knows when Jesus is coming except Father. But Father, we thank you for helping your people to wake up, watch and to pray, to watch and to pray, waking up the sleeping giant in Canada, in the United States, in every nation, Father God. Yes, in the Netherlands, in every nation in Europe, Father God. Every nation, every area, Father God. Yes, in China, maybe the largest the Christian nation in the, on the whole planet, Father God. We ask you to wake up the Christians, be able to stand, and having done all to stand, Father God, in Jesus' name. We ask you, Father, for your divine intervention, adjudication from all these mind control people from the World Economic Forum trying to push their agenda forward, Father God, and trying to talk people into being little serfs, being obedient to their new rulers. They were never elected. They were not even selected by human beings. They're selected by who? The prince of the power of the air, the the prince that works in darkness. We thank you, Father God, for translating us from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. We thank you, Father God, for shining your light cut about that, into our hearts so we can change. Get a hold of John Kerry, if you can still get a hold of him. Get a hold of this guy who's the Archbishop of Canterbury. What was his name? Justin Welby, Lord. And I remember Pat talking about him, that he liked to be a Druid, too. Seems kind of interesting. You want to be a Christian, you want to be a Druid. Some of the Southern Baptists, they want to be Christians, but they want to go to the Masonic Lodge. Some of the Christians want to Pretend they're Christians, but they want to spend more time thinking about themselves instead of what Jesus wants. Father God, we thank you for the challenging message that Pastor Sabrina gave us today. Help us all to take it to heart in balance, in the way you want, without being beat up, but looking at our own hearts. Just like when we look into your scriptures, you open our eyes to see kind of that mirror, to say, well, now, who, who really is Marshall? Are you being obedient or not being obedient? That's a good way. Because why do we want to be obedient? Because Jesus loves us perfectly. And why is that important? Jesus says in John fourteen fifteen. Jesus says, red letters, if you love me, keep my commandments. That's a really short scripture, John fourteen fifteen. The next verse, verse 16, and I will pray the Father, he should give you another comforter. Oh, we need that comforter. That you may abide, he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, praise God, whom the world cannot receive because it seeth and not, neither knoweth him. But you know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. So we thank you, Jesus. And the next verse, a little while the world sees me no more, but ye see me, the body of Christ. How do we see him? We get down on our knees and we worship him. The worship means to bow down. The little girl, she didn't know that. I used to be in the Episcopal Church for at least seven years, maybe more than that. 
And we went, and they had some nice things. Some of the stuff in the, the Episcopal prayer book is actually right out of Scripture, and it's really quite amazing. But most people, they just do it by rote. Like some people go to the Catholic Church, they just say it by rote, like the Lord's Prayer. They don't think about what they're saying necessarily. Father, But they even had little kneelers, little padded things you can kneel down on. You couldn't put your face on the ground because the pew was hard as a rock right in front of you. But they had a little kneeler, so you, can, you could get down, and people got up and down, up and down. They didn't genuflex. They didn't usually use incense, at least not in most Episcopal churches. Some of them did that. But, Father God, we thank you, Father God, for teaching us all. Wake up the body of Christ globally. Pat Holiday said the church, the people that were alive, the Episcopal church I used to be in, back in the end of the 70s, Father God, in the early 80s, Father God, it was the end of that awakening, Father God, the charismatic revival, Father God. And there were many, many people, and that was a rather large Episcopal church, a couple thousand members, but only about 200 of them in the church I was in. They were actually spirit-filled, actually spoke in tongues, actually loved and worshipped the Lord with all their hearts, Father God. But some of them were just in the church because, well, it was convenient. And their parents went to that same building, even if they built a new building on the same grounds. It was the church. Father God, the church is not a building. The church is people. They make up that building. Father, go wake up the body of Christ in Canada, the United States, and Holland, and every nation, and Germany, and France. Wake up the body of Christ, Father God, because it isn't just people waking up politically. It's people waking up spiritually, Father God. Pour forth of your spirit. You promised. You said, in the last days, I'll pour forth of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters will prophesy. If you can cause that little toddler to prophesy. Pour forth of your spirit, Father God, even as you promised us in Acts chapter 2, Joel chapter 2, and, and, and Father God, in your word, even in, where is that, Father? In, um, even as Donald Trump's great aunts prayed before the last great, last great revival when they were in the Hebrides Islands, Father, in, um, in, in uh, Scotland. You said in Isaiah 44, 3, I will pour water upon him that is thirsty. Some people need physical water, too. And floods upon the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon thy seed and my blessing upon thine offspring. And, Father, you promised. You said, if two of you on earth are good, such anything like it shall be done to my Father which is in heaven. You said, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves, maybe with fasting, humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sins and heal their land. Heal the lands of every nation, Father God. The Christians have been backslidden in so many areas, not just the Anglicans, Father God, not just the Episcopal Church in Canada and America. Some people have been in confusion, Father God. They haven't spent much time reading the book, the Bible, the real Bible, not just the, the uh, gay Bible or the NIV, the real Bible, the King James Version, Father God. And some people don't know there's a difference, a significant difference. But, Father God, wake up the people. Grant them the gifts they need by your spirit, gifts of discernment, and wake up the body of Christ. Pour forth of your spirit. So as we wake up, Father God, we thank you, Father God, for giving us Holy Ghost boldness because we didn't have it in ourselves. It's only by your spirit. It's not by might, not by power. It's by your spirit. So stating you're bound, all your underlings are perpetually, continually bound. Every spirit seeking to kill, steal, and destroy. Coming from the World Economic Forum, coming, against, coming from Bluebird, coming from, from Welby, from the Anglican Church, coming against all these ungodly spirits, trying to bring confusion division to the body of Christ. Because, Father, Father God, that's not your plan. We speak confusion division to the enemy's camp, confusion division to the deep state's enemy camp, to the tyrants, to the perverts. We speak confusion division to all those pedophiles, and all those that would seek to kill, steal, and destroy, all those having pizza parlor things with human flesh, they bind every spirit trying to bring in cannibalism, Father God, and every abominable idolatry, Father God, in Jesus' name. We bind every spirit, a lust of flesh, lust of the eye, pride of life, rebellion, 
every mind blind spirit is bound. Satan, you're bound. All your underlings are bound. From our position, Satan, heavenly places in Christ Jesus, may no further flow of power communication. I forbid there be any further flow of power communication from the demons down there in the second heavens, the bush and the deep. To all those, I and each mother body of Christ have interceded for, will interceded for, including all the descendants of every believer. Not just pagan Christians, but descendants. Not just the being descendants, grandmother's descendants. In fact, all of her family members. Cut up Not just my great aunt, great uncles, whatever it was, uh, great grandfather's descendants. Jacques Pro, as a as a kind of French Huguenot, came over to the, to escape the persecution, the 1600s, Father God. But all those, Father God, in every nation, Father God, those that have stood for the truth, Father God, many many times, those that have stood for the truth, like Pat Holiday did, when they said, "Oh well, if you want to go to seminary, you have to uh, you have to do this little doctrine, and you have to go along with with studying psychology." So that's not in scripture. I'm not. I'll, t- I'll teach my own. Uh, course on why that's not in scripture and we thank you father god for giving your holy ghost boldness to be able to stand to what's written in your word cause the people in the body of christ to stand for the truth we thank you for those that have left the Anglican kingdom church that are actually standing for the truth father god including those from wherever that was false church in virginia we thank you for many that are standing for the truth father god we give you praise and honor and glory for raising up the body of christ and causing many to stand for the truth and you said if two of you on earth you anything you ask it shall be done to my father which is in heaven Thank you for pouring forth of your spirit, Father. You said, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. And Satan, you and all your undoings perpetually, continually bound. No further flow of power communication from the demons in the bush, the deep, and, and, and from the second heavens down to the earth, pertaining to all those who have interceded for including all in a position of authority, including heads of households, in Jesus' name, every spirit of confusion is bound, every spirit of ungodly fear is bound, every ungodly spirit is bound. We cancel assignments to me and every head of household, every type of, every potential head of household, in Jesus' name. We bind to every spirit of confusion, including sexual confusion, and all the root causes behind about it coming up with multiple genders, which is not scriptural. We bind every spirit of confusion and looking for love in the wrong place. Every spirit of antichrist unloving is bound. Every spirit of rebellion is bound. Every hard-hearted spirit is bound. Every ongoing is perpetually, continually bound. Because you said, Lord, not only in Matthew 18, 18, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Matthew 16, 19. And you said, we first bind the strong man. And not only in, about that, in Matthew 12, 29, but in Mark 3, 27. So Satan, you, the strong man, you, the mind binder, perpetually continue bound to all your underlings, not just bells about every one of your underlings, named or not named. Every spirit of Leviathan is bound, heads and tails cut off, descales. Every one of your underlings, all the marine spirits are bound, asmodus, osmos, incubus, hercubus. Every unclean and perverse spirit is perpetually bound, including every spirit of mammon, every spirit of greed and corruption, perversion is perpetually bound. Every spirit of selfishness and idolatry is perpetually bound in Jesus' name because of the blood of God. Father, we ask you to loose your holy Holy Spirit, to bring conviction, even as you said you would in John 16, and loose your beating angels, warring angels. Because Jesus said he could presently ask for more than 12 legions of angels over in uh, Matthew, where was that, Lord, 26, 53. And Jesus said, the things I have done, you will do, and greater things than these. And Jesus said, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. So loose your beating angels, Father God, to do your bidding, Father God. In Jesus, not my bidding, your bidding. Because we know you want all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. And you can get a hold of some of those leaders. Those people, some of the school boards, Father God, they can wake up and say, what are we doing to the children? Why are we doing this perversion? Father God, we thank you for causing the parents to bring their children out of places where they're being, children are being mind-controlled and manipulated and groomed. We ask you to deliver all those in harm's way, Father God, in every area, Father God, in Jesus' name, to hunger and thirst for what you want, for righteousness. And how do we do that? We pick up the King James Version of the Bible and we read. Those that have been <laughs> reading did not come easily to me, Father. You delivered me from many, many, many spirits, and deliverance is an ongoing process. And we thank you, Father God, for changing me from glory to glory day by day, as I died daily to all those ungodly fears, of which there have been many. 
Father God, there's like more than 4,000, all kinds of ungodly fears. But, Father, the holy fear of you, that's what we all need, to have a reverence of God. Because we're all going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ someday. Help us all to be watch unto prayer, to be watchful and look into you, Lord. And how do we do that? Do we sit on a chaise lounge and stare at the sky? That doesn't work so well when you're in Antarctica. That doesn't work so well in your Sahara Desert. That doesn't work so well when there's a heavy a snowstorm or rain or whatever, Father God, in which some people do need pour forth of yours, brother, in the natural and pour forth your we bind every one of those ungodly spirits trying to control the weather and the atmosphere, contrary to your perfect plans, Father God. We ask you to send your beating angels to break the machines, whether it's harp and everything else. Those that are even in agreement with Tammy's prayer previously, Father, was awesome. I think of the insight that you gave her, Father God, by your spirit. It isn't that she was the smartest lady in the world. It's that she listened to your spirit, Father God. And we thank you for the answered prayers, Father God. We thank you for breaking the machines, Father God, that are trying to spew things into the atmosphere that are not healthy, Father God, and deliverance. And we also pray over everything we eat and drink. We thank you for taking out what's bad and putting in what's good. If we can receive it with thanksgiving. And coconut water is much healthier than Gatorade. Gatorade does not have good stuff in it. it has, you can get electrolytes without Gatorade. That is not the best way to go. So I thank you for giving us all hunger thirst for what you want in the natural and the spiritual. But every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused if it's received with thanksgiving. For it's sanctified by the word of God in prayer. It has to be something God created. Then it's good. It doesn't have to be GMO. No, it better not be GMO. It better be the way God created it to be. So, Father God, help us to have hunger and thirst for what you want in the natural, but much, much more in the spiritual, Father, in Jesus' name. Because Jesus says we have to drink and do it. We thank you. Thank you for giving us that prophecy to that man
of this Walk in love, walk in spirit. 